everyone, and welcome to this episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. Admittedly, admittedly, I'm not an avid gamer. Gamer. Need to make sure I enunciate. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge avid Nintendo guy or anything like that, but I do enjoy video games, and in particular, I enjoy the lore behind massive franchises. You know, I think it's very cool to explore video games and their history and fan theories. Among my favorite franchises is certainly Legend of Zelda. Personally for me, playing Majora's Mask on the N64, was it GameCube or N64? I think it was N64. I think I played the GameCube version, pretty sure. Either way, it was both infuriating and gratifying at the same time. And I can honestly say it's the kind of game that, for me, was so fun and so unique that, you know, I remember those times fondly, and I know that, and I know fairly confidently that um, I won't have gameplay, you know, impact me the way that Majora's Mask did, like, you know, I remember trying to solve the puzzles and the, uh, you know, the different challenges that the game put us in, you know, trying to solve that along with friends and, you know, it's really fun. And I think that nowadays, easy video games, they have their own place for sure. And as I've gotten older, I think I prefer easy video games because, you know, I don't want something that's necessarily challenging me the same way that my day-to-day is, but, you know, for its time, Majora's Mask was, you know, the game for me was the best, so. For this episode, I thought it'd be pretty cool to discuss the Legend of Zelda and some crazy, fun, or boring lores and myths and theories behind the franchise. Theory number one, Link stays so youthful and productive because he takes Jupiter organic CBD drops, which helps him optimize his sleep, and that in turn helps him to be productive and rested every morning. This is a theory that I have just created, but it may be plausible. Jupiter organic CBD is basically an off button for your day's stress, so it makes sense that Link could take just a few drops under his tongue for 30 seconds and then be snoozing peacefully thinking about the productive day ahead. Um, In all seriousness, Jupiter's Organic CBD is a product that I've adopted into my daily sleep routine or nightly sleep routine. Um, For me, the results were almost immediate, and um, I find that it helps me sort of have a unilateral focus on the task ahead, which in this case is usually sleep, so I'm not as active you know, what What do I have to do tomorrow? What did I do wrong yesterday? What did I do wrong 10 minutes ago? What will I do wrong? It just kind of, it is sort of an off button for my day's stress. It is 100% USDA organic. Yes, it's legal in your state because it's legal in every state. And no, you will not get high. This is not how it works. If you don't love Jupiter, no problem. They have a 30-day risk-free trial. So you'll get to keep the product and get a full refund. It is so worth it. They want to optimize your sleep routine at absolutely no risk 
to you. For you as a listener of Sleep and Relax ASMR, you can try Jupiter for better sleep and less stress by visiting getjupiter.com and using code ASMR. That code will get you 10% off your order. That's getjupiter.com, promo code ASMR for 10% off. I absolutely love Jupiter, and I think you will too. So, thanks to Jupiter. Now let's refocus back on Zelda theories. I'm assuming you are familiar with The Legend of Zelda and some of its lore. If not, I apologize, but I could probably spend 35 minutes just on the details of the franchise. So now let's really jump in to 25 interesting lores and theories about The Legend of Zelda. Theory number one, there is a fourth piece to the Triforce. Some fans have theorized that there is a fourth piece of the Triforce that has yet to be revealed. This is known as the Tetraforce theory. This is due to the empty fourth triangle in the middle of the Triforce triangle, the importance of number four throughout the series, such as in Four Swords or the Four Light Spirits in Twilight Princess, and an extra golden triangle seen on Link's shield in Ocarina of Time. But number four also has a significance in Japanese culture. The number four is considered highly unlucky in Japanese culture. Nevertheless, in many Zelda games, the numerology of the number four is represented more often than the number three. Examples include in the Minish Camp, the four elements, red, green, blue, purple, and color instead of three, and Majora's Mask for the four main leads and four giants, excuse me, four main lands and four giants. So, number four. And they start talking about the light spirits again. The four light spirits exist in Twilight Princess, which are Elden, Faron, Lena. Leneru, never know how to say it, and Ordona, each representing their own province, with three of them representing a goddess. So, there you go. Next theory Link doomed the Kokiri. After the first boss battle inside the Great Deku Tree during Ocarina of Time, the tree gives in and finally passes away. This is quite depressing, given, given how important the tree is to this world and the Kokiri, or children of the forest, as they were known. This has led to a dark theory about their fate. Some fans have speculated that Link's time-hopping during Ocarina of Time caused the Great Deku Tree to never be replanted. This led to the forest being overrun with monsters and the Kokiri being absolutely screwed. A little harsh, given he was one of them. Up next, Beetle is the spirit of Link's grandma. Beetle is a recurring character in the Legend of Zelda series. He is a small-time businessman, seen working operating his various shops. Like other shops and business scrubs, Beetle sells and sometimes even buys back 
quest specific items such as all-purpose bait um, something else here which for some reason was deleted uh, both of which are not plot required but add extra interest to the games unlike the other entrepreneurial businesses in the Legend of Zelda series Beetle incorporates membership into his line of work rewarding Link with increased price discounts if he becomes a frequent repeat customer. Wasn't it weird how he was always everywhere at once? Always on the same island as Link, assisting him in his journey? Maybe that's because he was his grandma. We know Link's grandma is magic, and she can make magic soup and needs fairy dust. So, what if she took the spirit of Beetle to assist her grandson in his mission. It doesn't explain why Beetle was there during her depression, but it's a cute theory. Next theory. The Ocarina of Time Temples are remnants of Holy Wars. So the last theory was a nice, kind of cute one, hopeful one. This one's a darker theory in nature. The temples featured in Ocarina of Time are dark, dangerous places filled with traps and symbols, but they also contain a lot of magical artifacts for buildings that are run down. Where do these temples come from, and why would such big buildings be filled with treasures be abandoned? One theory suggests that there was once a holy war in Hyrule, leading to the religious being, to the religion be yeah, leading to religion being overthrown and the temples abandoned, leaving them to decay and rot. After the war, traps were placed in the temples to stop them from being looted. Next theory. Majora's Mask is based on the five stages of grief. My favorite game. I absolutely love Majora's Mask, as mentioned in my intro. The game begins with Link wandering, wandering through the wilderness, I should say, looking for a lost friend, and is then tasked with saving a civilization from being crushed by the moon. Link then meets a series of characters who show signs of the first four stages. The villagers are in denial that the moon will fall on them. The Deku King is angry about his missing daughter. Ghost Darmani tries to bargain with Link for his return and Lulu is sad over losing her eggs. Link then climbs to the top of a tower in the stone temple and reaches enlightenment, accepting loss. Interesting. I had heard of that theory in the past. Makes sense. I don't think you make a wildly entertaining and successful franchise without having uh, a group of individuals behind the project that you know, uh, take these big abstract concepts and are able to implement them in games. And I think that's what helps The Legend of Zelda and other successful franchises is they kind of follow these patterns. You know, that's why they're so effective at telling a story because there is a lot of meaning and symbology behind what they're doing. So it's easy to relate to and you can kind of appreciate the uh, bigger picture instead of it being a uh, mindless game let's say next theory 
I can find it. Here we go. Navi passes at the end of Ocarina of Time. So, if Link is exploring the five stages of grief, who is Link grieving for? This is tying back to our last theory. Well, the answer to that might come at the end of Ocarina of Time. Navi, Link's companion in Ocarina of Time, is nowhere to be seen in the sequel. So where did she go? Well, did you ever notice that after you've used a fairy in a bottle, the fairy disappears into nowhere? Perhaps when small fairies fulfill their purpose, they disappear into nothingness. Perhaps after assisting the hero of time with his quest, Navi had no more purpose, so she just slipped away into nothing without saying goodbye. Very sad theory indeed. Up next we have another darker, sadder kind of theory, which is Link actually passes in Majora's Mask. This one ties in again with Navi to a certain degree. Navi is a recurring character in the Legend of Zelda series. As we just said, she is a fairy who serves as Link's companion in his quest to save Hyrule. Since Link is not a real Kokiri and does not have a fairy to call his own, Navi is summoned by the Great Deku Tree to accompany him on his quest to save Hyrule. Throughout the game, Navi provides Link with a variety of clues to help him solve puzzles and progress and progress in his quest. Navi also helps Link learn the controls in the game, teaching him how to open doors and how to push and pull blocks. What if Navi is fine and Link actually has to accept his own demise? The world that Link goes through in Majora's Mask is actually a purgatory, forcing Link to repeat three days over and over until he can accept his fate. Perhaps when he fell down that dark hole, something that would definitely end you in gameplay, he passed and ends up in this creepy world. The mask in the game also seems to represent characters who have already passed Chilling, a chilling theory indeed. Next theory. Captain Tetra's crew are reincarnations of royal servants. Tetra and the pirates are key characters in Wind Waker. Which, by the way, Wind Waker is definitely one of the installations of the franchise that I enjoyed when it first came out. But looking back on it, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I would now I think at that point I was so stuck in Majora's Mask to a lesser degree Ocarina of Time but definitely Majora's Mask which has always been my my favorite installation of the series and so I you know Majora's Mask is pretty dark and so Wind Waker is obviously lighter and more cartoonish and I didn't like it but just hearing Wind Waker now is really making me think of should really give it another try. Anyway, going back to it. Tetra and the pirates are key characters in Wind Waker, like I just mentioned. When we board the pirate ship early on in the game, we learn that the crew served Tetra after their last mistress passed away. We later learn that Tetra is Princess Zelda, and in the old underwater castle see a picture of a woman who looks a lot like her. But how can that be if the castle was lost so long ago. 
The theory goes that instead of real people, the pirates are reincarnations of the castle's aides. These spirits follow the royal bloodline and protect them as best they can. Next theory. This one's a bit more fun as well. Talon is Mario. Talon is a recurring character in the Zelda series, first appearing in Ocarina of Time as the owner of the Lon Lon Ranch. Talon striking, has striking similarities to uh, Mario and hasn't gone unnoticed. He even has Mario's M logo on his hat in Ocarina of Seasons. But these similar similarities are not enough for some fans. Rather than thinking of Talon as a Nintendo Easter egg, it's thought that he retired to become a farmer after he finally defeats Bowser. Or it could be that he comes to his farms to relax after rescuing the princess. Next theory. I think I briefly touched on this in one of the other theories, but now we're going to dive a bit deeper into it, which is the masks from Majora's Mask are trapped souls. So again, remember how earlier we discussed the symbolism of grief in Majora's Mask. Well, one of the masks we see in the game are those who can make it through the five stages and make peace with themselves. Each transformation mask represents someone uh, who, who possibly or definitely has passed on. Darmani the Goron, who appears as the bargaining ghost, the Zora musician who passes in front of you, and the Deku mask could represent the past child of the Deku butler. Perhaps unable to accept their own passing, these souls must stay trapped forever masks. Going back to another lighter one, rupees. This theory suggests that rupees are units of energy rather than physical currency. Rupees, which are the money, or is the money supposed to be the currency in Hyrule, are a little confusing at times. They are represented by gems, each color being worth a certain amount. However, how exactly would Link be able to carry around a, th a thousand of these gems? Even if he had a special bag from a fairy. If you really think about it, yeah. Plus, even if you find a red rupee worth 20, you can still buy things in smaller units. Because of this, fans have suggested that rupees, rather than being something physical, are units of energy passed to another person like money. The gems Link finds are containers that can be topped off with the rupee energy. I had not heard of that theory, but that makes sense. But that's very common in every video game for the most part. Every video game, it's you have a character that's supposed to be a regular human being, and they can carry you know, 50 guns, 5 bazookas, strap a helicopter on their back, and somehow continue walking. So, Anyway. I think of next might be the last theory from this installment. I think so. We'll see. This theory suggests that Super Mario 3 is a stage play being performed in Hyrule. In the golden age of Hyrule, before the wars, a theater troupe took the kingdom by storm with their hit new play. The adventures of Mario and Luigi were loved by the children of Hyrule for many years, 
until the fad wore out. There, the troupe eventually disbanded. The two lead actors, retiring from acting, instead got into the ranching business. One of them gave their daughter a golden Bowser clasp for her scarf, a rare piece of merchandise from a franchise that now has only a cult following. I can't claim to completely understand the Super Mario 3 is a stage play theory, but it goes that the game is actually a stage play being performed by actors. Um, it seems only normal that this theory would come about. If it's true that the game is just a stage play, perhaps it was performed in the legendary land of Hyrule. Being a pre-internet land, Hyrule surely relied on theater for entertainment. The theory is also supported by a Mario mask in Majora's Mask, although this does bring into question all the theories about the game. Yeah, that's another one that I've heard as well, but I've never quite understood either, necessarily. Um, maybe if you're a big-time legend of Zelda and Super Mario lore expert, you could email me and we'll chat about it. I have another one here. This actually, this one might be the last one. Um, this one's pretty grim as well, in more ways than one, but... I'll read to you anyway. This theory suggests that the happy mask salesman is actually the Grim Reaper. The happy mask salesman certainly isn't human. He's creepy, appears both charming and violent, and moves erratically. But his purpose in the game could be darker than initially thought. This theory fits in perfectly with the stages of grief theory and the theory that Link has passed. The first thing happy mask salesman says to Link is, quote, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? End quote. The same thing the game says if the moon crashes into the clock tower. He is also visible only to Link, the one who has passed and fades out at the end of the game. Of all the creepy moments in Majora's Mask, I think um, that part is the creepiest when you're Meet the uh, happy mask salesman, to be honest. As a super creep. I'm trying to see if I have one more down here. Well, all right. This is the actual final one. I've teased three final ones. This is the actual final one. This series suggests that all Zelda games are actually just a dream within dream. Don't you hate it when the season finale of a show you liked comes around and you learn that it was all a dream? Wouldn't you hate it more if that were true of all Zelda games? There is actually some weight to this as most Zelda games begin with Link waking up. It would also explain why the same bad guys keep trying to take over the same world. It also explains why, despite being woken up at the beginning, Link doesn't sleep again for the rest of the game. One Reddit user with a username way too strange and long for me to try 
points out that the events in the dreams could have really happened and quote, it could be Link re-experiencing all of his past adventures in his other lives. So is Link actually remembering his past lives and does he believe they are just fictional dreams? Do Zelda and Ganon experience similar dreams from their perspectives or is it all just a dream within a dream? And there you have it. A series of Zelda lores and theories. Be interested to know which you knew about, which you didn't know about, which one piqued your interest, which one you have more information would like to share about it. You can do so by emailing me at hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. Remember to visit getjupiter.com. Use code ASMR for 10% off your uh, CBD order. I think you'll really love their product. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening and take care.